to Great Loop Radio, brought to you by America's Great Loop Cruisers Association. We're dedicated to sharing Great Loop information and inspiration with those actively cruising, planning for, or dreaming about a Great Loop adventure. This is Kim Russo. I'm the director of AGLCA. Today, my guests are Captains George and Pat Hospodar, who are the authors of a few books on the Great Loop that they'll mention for you, so you can get some details mm-hmm. about that. The topic today is going to be cruising the Keys and then hanging out and spending some time in the Keys during your Great Loop adventure. Before I officially introduce the Hospodars, I want to take a moment to recognize and to thank our Admiral-level sponsors who support AGLCA at the highest level. They are Beneteau, Curtis Stokes and Associates, Dog River Marina, Passage Maker Trawler Fest, Skipper Bob Publications, and Waterway Guide Media. As always, we encourage our listeners to support these businesses that support the Great Loop. George and Pat, thank you for joining me. Welcome back to Great Loop Radio. Well, thank you very much. Thanks for inviting us. Yeah, we appreciate you being here. We've had you do this before on a few different topics, um, and I know you covered the keys for us. It's actually been, I believe, three years. So we definitely thought it was time to bring you back since you are keys residents in the winter and let you share a little bit more about what it's like to be in the keys at this time of year. But let's start, if you can, for those who maybe have uh, not heard you speak before or who have not come across you, tell us a little bit about your cruising experiences and your Great Loop and also your books about the Great Loop. Okay. Uh, Well, we've cruised cruised over 40 years from Cape Cod to the Florida Keys, including uh, 30 years of exploring uh, Chesapeake Bay. Uh, We've completed the Great Loop twice uh, in 2009 and to 2010. Uh, And again in 2015, uh, from Marathon back to Marathon. And uh, we have two books that we've written, Reflection on America's Great Loop, and also the Great Loop experience from concept to completion. And uh, this past summer in 2018, we also did the Triangle Loop in Canada and uh, US. And we're also cruising editors for waterway guides and we're responsible for um, uh, information in uh, three of the guides. Uh, Wonderful. Since since the 1980s, We've traveled from Key Largo to Key West on both sides, uh, meaning the ocean uh, side and the Florida Bay side. Uh, We'd want to tell you that uh, the depths may vary in Hawk Channel, uh, which is on the uh, Florida Bay side. No, no, no. On on the Florida Florida Bay side. I'm sorry. Yeah, the Florida Bay side, uh, you can have some shallow spots uh, Mm -hmm. where the depths could go down to about five and a half feet. And on the uh, Hawk Channel side, which is the ocean side, mm-hmm. you don't have to worry about depth at all. It's just a uh, nice, wide, straight run. So, and both sides can be traveled. We've traveled both sides of those of the island chain. Uh, mm-hmm. They're both very navigable. And do you find that most loopers will pick one side or the other of the chain, or will they sometimes cruise on, you know, back and forth between uh, being in the Florida Bay and out in the ocean? Well, when you come, if you um, – are traveling, say, from the marathon area, mm-hmm. as you head towards Miami, uh, there's two routes, really. There's the outside route and there's the inside route. And if your uh, draft is such, we draw four feet of water, and we have no problem doing the inside route. Um, a lot of people prefer it because it's, uh, you know, less lumpy than being on the outside. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you are restricted a bit, you know, keeping the channel, 
where if you uh, head down on the uh, horse channel uh, route, it's a lot wider, a lot deeper, so on and so forth. Uh, and once you get south of Marathon, uh, the route gets a little interesting where uh, you can travel to Key West. Uh, uh, the most direct route is down Hawk Channel. Uh, there is another route that goes around through an area called Spanish Channel around the back of the Keys where you're traveling actually into the Gulf and not through uh, Florida Bay anymore into the Keys. It's, um, they're both interesting. We've done them both. Um, they're both very viable routes. And uh, it doesn't, it's really just an option of uh, what your draft is and how comfortable you mm -hmm. feel out, you know, along the reef or inside the, inside the uh, Florida Bay area. Yeah. Well, and for, and for loopers who are um, not yet out there on the loop, or who are still kind of on the um, Gulf Coast of Florida and, and, you know, maybe hanging out in Fort Myers until Looperpalooza mm -hmm. in a few weeks. Um, talk mm -hmm. about, if you could, you know, they're still kind of planning um, and preparing to go to the Keys. Are there any special considerations or any preparations people should make before heading to the Keys that might be different than other segments of the route? I mean, it's, it's not a Bahamas crossing, um, and obviously you're staying in the U.S., but is there anything special they should prepare for? Uh, it's not too much. It's only... Uh, I mean, when you get down here, there's all the comforts of anything else you're going to find in the United States. That's not a problem. Uh, there are two considerations. When traveling from, say, the Marco Island area, Naples area, where you would jump off to come to the Keys, uh, you're going to go through a minefield of crab pots on the way down. Mm -hmm. And so you have to be very, very aware of the crab pots. Uh, and it's, it's almost as a matter where you go, they're going to be there. So you just have to be careful traveling through them and just 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 watch out for them. One of the big concerns, though, is that this entire area is a sanctuary. It's a marine, huge marine sanctuary. You don't want to you never want to go aground anywhere, of course, on your, your journey. But this is one of the places you especially don't want to go aground. And it's not that you're going to do damage to your vessel. It's that because it's a sanctuary, the bottom is protected under the sanctuary. And for example, if you were to go aground and you manage to get yourself off by yourself, that's not a problem. However, if you have to call a tow service, the tow service is required first to call Florida Fish and Wildlife, have them come out and they cannot help you until Florida Fish and Wildlife comes out to see what damage you did to the bottom. And depending on what damage you did to the bottom, they will assess fines. Mm -hmm. And the fines can be far more than what you would pay to get towed. So okay. you've got to be very, very careful with that. Now, George, when you're talking about that issue, um, you, you mentioned throughout that area, is that throughout all of the Keys or is that specifically as you're kind of making that hop from the Marco Island area to the Keys? Everywhere in the Keys. Okay. Everywhere from Biscayne Bay down uh, right through uh, Key West. Okay, perfect. So that's a great thing for everyone to keep in mind. Um, and of course, the the Fish and Wildlife Commission is going to be concerned with damage to coral reefs or anything else that might be there right. in that sanctuary. So a, a great word of caution there. Um, also, for those who are still kind of planning, you know, people that may be in um, along mm -hmm. Florida's Gulf Coast, we even have some who have not yet crossed the Gulf. So we have some over still in um, on the Panhandle. So as they're working their way towards Key West or um, any of the Keys for that matter, how far in advance do they may need to make reservations? Is it already too late for this season? Uh, 
pretty much. There may be a few places you can get a slip. Uh, if there are, you will be paying top dollar, but most of the marinas are now full. Mm -hmm. As a matter of fact, if you are really in your planning stage, you would like to be planning for next season to come down here and mm -hmm. get your reservations in, uh, at least get on the, uh, on the list. For example, Banana Bay is full where we are, and they have started a, um, a waiting list for next year. We were over at Faro Blanco, which is uh, right next to us, and they, they do have a few slips available, but they have now also started for next season their waiting list, depending on the size of the vessel. Uh, and that's, it's pretty much that way um, all around the Keys right now. Uh, uh -huh. that things do fill up. So um, you just, just have to be aware of that. Uh, we can talk a little bit later about some of the, a little bit more about some of the marinas. I know you want to talk some about later on. And we got a couple things that are maybe as some additional options, but make your reservations as early as possible. When we first came to the Keys, we came down here the winter before we wanted to be here, traveled around, got an idea what some of the marinas look like, and we got on a lot of lists. And so then the next year we were able to get in here. One thing is they, they don't have to know exactly what date you're getting here, but they want to have an idea approximately when you're going to get here and then how long you're going to stay so that they can hold a spot for you. But it's, uh, it's, it's not like the rest of the loop. It's, you have to do some advanced planning to stay here. Yeah, and I do want to stress that because I'm asked very frequently how far in advance you make marina reservations as you're going mm -hmm. through the loop. And generally the answer is um, you don't really have to do it in advance at all. Um, but the right. exception to that is wintering in the Keys and, of course, a few exactly. holiday weekends here and there. But so just to make sure everyone's clear on that and, uh, you know, not to incite panic, um, a lot of what you're talking about is for people who are planning to truly winter in the Keys and stay for one or two or sometimes even three months. So as a follow-up right. question, do some of the marinas hold what I'll call true transient slips for people who may just be coming through for a couple of days and are going to continue on towards Miami and then perhaps the Bahamas? Or is there anything available for somebody who truly is um, on the move? You, you might be able to find something, okay? Mm -hmm. um, there may or may not necessarily be marines that are holding uh, specific slips, but you just start making calls and mm -hmm. you tell them, look, I'm going to be down in three days. Do you have anything? And they may have an opening because possibly somebody who was supposed to come in didn't come in yet. And they've mm -hmm. got a spot for you that they can put you in. So it's, it's just get, get your waterway guide out and, and start making calls. Uh, there's, there's plenty of marinas down here. That's, there's no shortage of that. Mm -hmm. So um, one of the other things, too, um, Patch is pointing out for me here. In Marathon, we have the Marathon City Marina. Now, the Marathon City Marina has 226 moorings, okay? Now, they do a deal. They, they rent them on a daily basis, weekly, and a monthly basis. And the rate is very reasonable. It's $324 for a monthly uh, mooring. However, it's first come, first serve. Right now, they are full. Mm -hmm. And the only way something opens up is that if somebody decides to leave and jump over to the Bahamas is what usually happens this time of the year. So you can get into the city marina, but by mid-November to mid-December, around that time, they tend to fill up. And then they have a waiting list, and people will anchor in what's called Sisters Creek, which is not too far from the city marina, and wait for an opening. Mm -hmm. And that's about, uh, you know, that's about all you can really do. Right. I mean, it's a, it's, a, it's a great little spot, but, uh, you know, that's yeah. what happens. 
So besides Sisters Creek as a possible anchorages, um, are there other anchorages in the Keys so that if you are coming that way and are now worried about whether or not you'll be able to find dockage, are, are there plenty of anchorages around for people to do instead or while they wait for a slip to open up? There are. Uh, what you want to do is really get out uh, what do we guide and uh, Skipper Bob and so on and so forth. Look at some where those anchorages are. And a lot of those anchorages that they the only really true protected harbor in all of the Keys is Blue Key Harbor in Marathon here. That's mm -hmm. where it's protected on all sides. All the other ones, you can get exposure from one wind direction or another. So when you come in here, you'd have to see, okay, what's the weather forecast for the next few days, and then figure out which side of the island chain you wanna anchor on. But there are, there are anchorages around, but you have to play the wind as to where you're gonna anchor. Okay, but we certainly don't want people to be shied off um, with the fear that no. there's, you know, not going to be able to uh, anchor or, or dock because there are going to be some options, particularly this late in yes. the game for anchorages. Um, and you know, speaking of people being shied off a bit, I was actually there with with both of you um, and a, a big group there in Marathon um, in February of last year. And it was not too long after some of the, the real devastating storms that hit the Keys. Um, and I think last year some people were shied off because of the thought that there was a lot of damage there because there was more space than usual. Um, so kind of fill us in on where the damage that was experienced a couple of years ago stands now. Are things kind of back to normal in the Keys or are there still some um, repairs going on? Well, there's some, but we're really in very good shape. Mm -hmm. uh, the Keys are probably back 97% right now. Mm -hmm. uh, you will find a, a business here or there. There's a Burger King closed or the IHOP hasn't opened up yet, but the marinas are all open. Uh, the waterways um, are clear of any debris. And in reality, we came down the inside on, on this trip just to really check the depths and the depths have not changed uh, noticeable at all. So mm -hmm. pretty much the bottom has stayed the same. It is clear. And uh, pretty much everything is up and running as if nothing ever happened. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, come on down to the Keys. I mean, it's gorgeous down here. Well, and, and tell us, you're, you've been coming to the Keys for years. Um, just kind of give us a slice of what daily life is like there. And, you know, what is it that keeps you coming back? Um, and I know I've heard both of you refer to Keys disease before. So tell us about that. <laughs> um, well, they're nothing like the rest of Florida. They're unique. A matter of fact, uh, years ago, um, in the 1970s, we even uh, fell in love with the Keys so much there, uh, here that we bought two houses that we rented out and everything. But that, that, that's long gone. But um, the Keys are very much like the Bahamas, except the phones work is what a lot of people say. <laughs> <laughs> and um, life is it's very laid back here. And um, the Keys are often referred to as the only Caribbean islands you can drive to. <laughs> and, and, and you just mentioned Keys disease. Uh, that's when you don't want to do anything but relax and enjoy life. And um, also, what keeps us coming back? Um, our trip here is over 1,600 miles away from our home in Barnegatane in New Jersey. And of course, it's 1,600 miles going back as well. And um, But people here are very friendly. Uh, they're from all over, many different states. And um, we refer to it at Banana Bay as adult winter camp. What keeps <laughs> us coming back 
is that we're not shoveling snow anymore. The pace of life is very relaxed and we have beautiful surroundings and people with um, similar likes from all over the country, as I said early, and other parts of the world as well. Mm-hmm. If you, uh, I mean, if you're someone who's into fishing, snorkeling, or diving, this is, it doesn't get much better than down here. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's rare, very rare, somebody goes out fishing and doesn't come back with a load of fish. Mm-hmm. I mean, there, there's so much fish down here. Uh, the water is so clear. Uh, you get out to the reef, and you can see down 30, 40 feet. Uh, and it's teeming with fish, sea life, all manner of things going on down there. It's, it's, it's just beautiful. <laughs> it's, it's, uh, you know, it's a little slice of paradise. It really is. And yeah. uh, it keeps drawing us back here every year. Well, and I mentioned that I was there with you last year, and I was there, of course, for the Hospodar Sunset Celebration that they host at Banana Bay, um, which uh, thank you very much, George and Pat, both of you for doing that for Loopers for several years. And I know we've discussed that you're planning it again for this year. So tell us a little bit about the Sunset Celebration and when it's happening. Okay. Well, um, first of all, it's going to be on, it's, it's our 10th. I can't believe it. 10th wow. annual <laughs> celebration. A little bit of history. It's, we started it off um, 10 years ago uh, in the little tiki hut uh, at Banana Bay with about uh, 20 people surrounding a barbecue that was inside. And we can't believe how big it's grown each year. And um, we have uh, marvelous speakers and guests and there's uh, music and dancing. And um, more information is going to be be posted on the uh, AGLCA forum um, very, very soon. So Curtis Stokes is going to be speaking and uh, sponsoring things. uh, And we're hoping to have uh, another person from Waterway Guide um, uh, come out as well. And um, so. Well, the date is going to be February 24th 24th. at Mm -hmm. Banana Bay uh, Resort and Marina and Marathon. And there'll be uh, information going out on the form with some details. And um, I think that's uh, right. about it. it and that's going to be the weekend after the yeah. Miami Boat oh, Show. Sure. Right. Yeah. So and it is. It is great fun, and I missed it for many, many years because of the Miami Boat Show and the travel back and forth wasn't working out. But I finally made it last year and had an absolute blast, and I can't wait to get there again this year. So, um, And again, George and Pat do this completely uh, because they enjoy getting loopers together, um, and we so much appreciate you hosting that event. So thank you for that. Um, I do want to take a quick break and play a message from one of our sponsors. When we come back, I want to kind of move. We've been talking a lot about what it's like in the Keys, but I want to talk some more about what cruising is like in the Keys and some of your favorite spots. So we will take a quick break and we'll be back in a minute. Northport Bay Boatyard is a complete marine service facility located on Grand Traverse Bay in Northport, Michigan. They feature over 85,000 square feet of heated storage and they are offering loopers a 10% discount on heated storage as well as a winter labor rate of $75. That's a $10 discount off their usual rate. For more information, visit www.npbby.com or call 231-386-5151. Northport Bay Boatyard is a proud commander sponsor of AGLCA. We're back on Great Loop Radio. Our topic today is cruising the Florida Keys, and our guests are Captains George and Pat Hospodar, who are Keys residents at least every winter, and they're sharing some of the details of what 
daily life is like in the Keys, which sounds absolutely amazing. So we want to focus now a little bit on the cruising portion of this. Um, so tell us, you know, maybe start from as loopers are leaving the Fort Myers area, Marco Island, and heading for the Keys. What's typically their first stop in the Keys? Well, as you as you head out of that area, uh, you can go directly, almost directly, to two locations. One is Key West. One is Marathon. The difference in the distances are negligible. They're only a couple miles, although it would seem that uh, Key West from Marathon, if you drive there, is 50 miles. But if you look at the geography of traveling by boat from the Marco Island area uh, down to the Keys, you'll see that they're almost equidistant uh, in that, that trip. Uh, it's about 110 miles, nautical miles. The difference between the two is that if you were to go to Key West, you have to do that in one shot. If you are going to go to Marathon, you can break it up into two 50-plus mile days. Uh, you can come down and you can anchor off Cape Sable, uh, which many of the people here at Banana Bay do, and so you break it up so it's not quite uh, as long a trip. So those are the two major areas that people would first enter the Keys, as are, and that's, they're the most populated areas uh, also in a direct uh, direct line from uh, the Marco Island area. And, and most loopers, uh, it seems, um, will arrive in Key Western Marathon, and, and that Marathon is certainly uh, more popular among loopers at this particular point in time. Um, do people tend to stick there for a, a few months and kind of use that as a base and do some day trips? Um, or do they can well, tend to keep exploring, you know, keep moving and explore the Keys? Well, I mean, you can do that. Uh, what, what, what we find out happens down here, we've had many people come, for example, into Banana Bay, and they're only going to stay a couple of weeks. They wind up not leaving. <laughs> well, because, well it, those kind of things happen. See, if you're in a place uh, in Marathon, for example, uh, they have very good bus service between uh, Marathon and Key West and Marathon and Key Largo. So for just a couple of dollars, you can drive up, go up and down the keychain with a couple of, that's pretty good. So, <laughs> so, so you can go up and down the chain of islands by bus. Uh, you don't need a car necessarily. Um, for example, well, here in, in, uh, in Marathon, a lot of people do settle in. Uh, you will get people that will come in and, uh, for example, pick up a mooring in Buki Harbor, uh, stay for a couple of weeks, then jump over to the Bahamas very popular place. They just have to wait for a weather window, and then they'll jump back again. Uh, from Key West, even from here, if you wanted to, you could take a jump and go over to Cuba. Uh, from uh, Key West, I'm sorry, yeah, from Key West, it's about 90 miles. From here, it's about 110 miles to Cuba. So there are those options. Mm -hmm. um, actually, traveling around these islands, there are different small anchorages that people like to go to for a day or two and just drop the hook and then head back to one of the marinas. Uh, if, for example, here in, in uh, Marathon, there's lots of things to do and see. I mean, uh, what do we got here, Pat? There, okay. We've got the aquarium. Yeah, the Florida Keys Museum of Natural History, the Turtle Hospital, the Marathon Community Theater, Florida Keys Concert Association, Marathon Cinema, uh, food and music festivals in the community park. And when I say festivals, we're talking about big, Festivals. They're going to have a Scottish festival uh, shortly. Um, there's, there are all kinds of things going on at the big uh, community park. Um, 
Also, you know, we have drugstores and shopping of all kinds, the public supermarket, restaurants of all kinds from 35 cent wings to 55 cent dollars steak. The whole gambit. Right. Um, and uh, also, if you're going down to Key West, Key West, again, has got uh, just as much as Marathonas, if not more, as far as uh, plenty of things to see and do. Uh, for example, in, in Marathon, there's about 19 marinas. Key West is about 14 between uh, Stock Island and Key West, which is Stock Island is right next to Key West. They're considered one the same almost. Uh, there are loads and loads of things to do in Key West. Uh, what do you got? Mel Fisher's uh, Treasure Museum, and uh, there's uh, Hemingway House. Hemingway House. Uh, the Shipwreck Museum. Museum. Mallory Square, go for sunsets. Mm -hmm. uh, there's just so many places to go and see. Uh, there's some great marinas down there. They tend to be a bit pricey, uh, especially in Old Town, but really, really terrific places. Uh, also, what we have found, now we're from New Jersey, where there's a lot of boats, uh, probably considerably more than are here. However, we can get better services here than we can at home if we need repairs. For example, here in Marathon, there are numerous marinas that are full-service marinas with uh, three big travel lifts they can pull out of a very large vessel. You have metal fabrication shops, fiberglass shops. Uh, there are woodworking shops in the area. You can get almost anything that you would have to get done to your boat right here. Mm -hmm. So there's uh, a, lot of, a lot of nice things in the Keys that you can't, at least I can't find, even in my home area in New Jersey. Right. And, and sadly for almost all loopers, at some point they do have to leave the Keys and continue on with their loop. So as they start working in their way uh, down the chain of islands or up the chain of islands, I guess, towards Miami, um, we don't have too much time left, but, you know, we certainly understand that both Marathon and Key West are kind of hubs. Um, but tell mm -hmm. us about some of your favorite stops or some of the hidden gems, if you will, as you're headed for Miami that people should check out while they're cruising that way. Well, from uh, as you travel here, especially on the on the inside, which most people like to do, uh, there's a very nice anchorage called Matacumbe Bight, which is by what's known as Channel Five. Channel Five is a uh, 65 foot high bridge that you can cross between the ocean side and the bay side, which is a, a nice spot. Also, right by Channel Five Bridge on the ocean side is a very nice anchorage too on the uh, western end of it. Uh, above Manacombe Bight, uh, you can go, I know off Key Largo, we often uh, stay at, uh, was it Blackwater Sound? Mm -hmm. In Blackwater Sound, there's a couple of nice anchorages. Uh, there's some interesting places to stop, like uh, Gilbert's, if you are looking to have a good time uh, at night and, and jump off your boat for a little while. So there's, there are various anchorages on the way up and, and even going down. I mean, if you go down the other way towards Key West, you go through an area called Big Spanish Channel. And Big Spanish Channel has some nice spots. There's a, an anchorage off of what's called No Name Key. Uh, beautiful spot where you stay there for the night. Um, I mean, you just sit at your boat and you've got dolphins swimming around the boat and turtles and there's all manner of sea life coming by, rays and so on and so forth. So these are some beautiful spots just traveling up and down the island chain that uh, are there just for, you know, go look and see this. Again, the best thing to do is go look at your guidebooks to really give you a, uh, an idea of where a lot of these places are, but there are many of them to uh, stop at. Mm -hmm. 
I'd like to add one more thing. Yeah. Okay. Um, we also belong uh, to the Marathon Yacht Club, which is in the American Registry of the Yacht Club and also the Florida Council of Yacht Clubs. And what happens here is that we get reciprocal privileges at a number of yacht clubs um, going up and down in, uh, in Florida. So uh, it's, you know, it's a wonderful thing. Yeah. Uh -huh. Oh, that's, that's another thing too. If, if anybody out there does belong to a yacht club, doesn't even, doesn't matter, as long as it's recognized in the uh, North American Registry of Yacht Clubs, they can get a hold of the Marathon Yacht Club and frequently they can get in there for a couple of days if necessary. Uh, the Yacht Club, if they have room, they will be happy to bring somebody in. And they generally hold a couple of slips out for people who are just coming, coming by. Mm -hmm. Perfect. Um, it seems like whenever I talk to you on this podcast, the time just goes by so quickly. And before I know it, we're almost out of time. But um, <laughs> from your experiences, is there a particular time frame that loopers start to leave the Keys and, and you know, go through Miami and head up the yeah, Intracoastal yeah. Waterway? Well, yes. Um, this is our recommendation from over the years. A lot of loopers get very, very anxious and start leaving way too early. And then they get up to around Jacksonville and it's cold. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you get up in the morning, it's in the 40s. So, and then, then what happens is they hold up there for a week or so waiting for warmer weather. Uh, our recommendation, don't be too anxious to get out of here. Uh, we will leave here around April 1st gives us more than enough time to get up to, say, the Norfolk area if we were going to go to the rendezvous mm -hmm. uh, with no problem at all. Uh, so my recommendation is don't be too anxious to go because it's when you get up, start moving north, if you're leaving in March, it's still cold up in, as you move north in March. So uh, just, you know, don't be too anxious. Leave early in April from this area, you know, and don't rush out of here too fast. Take your time. See all the things that are great to see on the way up. You want to stop in, you know, Savannah and Charleston and Georgetown and a lot of these beautiful places in the, and Buford on the way up. So that's usually enough time. You're going to be able to spend a day or two at, at some of your favorite spots heading up. Yeah. And the spring rendezvous is May 6th through 9th for 2019. So you do have plenty of time to get there, even with leaving South Florida around April 1st. Um, George that's and Pat, right. anything that we've completely left out that, we can't possibly wrap up without telling people about no. the keys. No, no, I think we got pretty much there. All right. Well, we'll have to have you back and, and dive a little bit more into the cruising part of it. I think we focused mostly on the lifestyle of it, mm -hmm. uh, which I think is a really important part uh, because, it is, as you said, it is unique and it's different from the rest of the loop. So George and Pat Hospodar, uh, both captains in your own rights and authors of Reflection on the Great Loop and the Great Loop from Concept to Completion. Uh, thank you for joining me today. I appreciate your time and you sharing your knowledge. You're very welcome. Thank you. It's a pleasure. And to our listeners, thank you for joining us once again. We'll be back next week with another episode of Great Loop Radio. Until then, safe cruising.